look around this room and I see nothing but untapped potential. You have potential. You have... Oh, boy. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, The Wrestling Life. Go ahead and tell me you got all you want. Fiverr says you're wrong. And I suppose you've come down to help me. Hey, everybody, we're back. It's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 230. It's April now of 2020. I'm Ethan. I'm Liam. Liam, it's been a while since we've done one of these. How you doing? Yeah, these uh these past two or three weeks that we've been off have been the, the longest decade of my life. Uh, <laughs> we've uh, we've we've only missed two weeks, even though it somehow feels like a lot more. Uh, I think things the the di- the last time we recorded, it was uh, Wednesday, March eleventh. And that was like the night where this coronavirus deal kind of really, I don't want to say it broke in America, but that was like the night that they shut the NBA down and this thing really kind of took on a life of its own. And now we're several weeks into this affecting influencing uh, every aspect of our society and how we live our lives. And pro wrestling seems very unimportant, but the two major pro wrestling companies in the United States, they continue to churn out product. Yeah, they were, we're, we're just trucking along. We're doing near or sometimes, you know, as much as or as close to an empty arena show as you can. Not counting like cameramen and announcers and stuff. And uh, well, we're look. I will give them all credit that they are trying their best. There's definitely a lot of evidence that suggests that empty arena wrestling doesn't work very well. But to me. To me, the, the the really interesting thing here, I want to see who's going to kind of crack the seal on this. Who's going to be the first one to pipe in crowd noise? <laughs> Are we going to go, what was that, that AWA thing that showed up on the network a year or two ago where there was literally no crowd and they would just like cut to a shot of a nightclub and pretend there were people? <laughs> it, was like, it was like AWA tried to like repilot at a, on a show with no fans, they just like pumped in crowd noise. I forgot what it was called, but um, it's very funny if you have, if you have some time to kill while you're, uh, you know, sitting home. Might might be worth firing up the network for. But yeah, that's that that seems like the next logical step. We just put a laugh track in it. Why not? It's definitely time. It, look, we may never get another chance to experiment like this with. <laughs> With producing TV wrestling, let's get weird. That's what I say. But hey, it's WrestleMania week. That's why we're here doing a show. The grandest it, show of the year. Yeah, and it's going to be in an empty building. It's already been recorded. 
I don't think too many spoilers have leaked, or any have spoilers have leaked yet. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. They chose not to cancel or postpone this WrestleMania because the dirty little secret is we might still be dealing with this a year from now. <laughs> yeah. And so we're getting an empty arena WrestleMania. The only WrestleMania too big for just one night. <laughs> spread over spread over two nights. I guess before we start breaking down the card and talking about the television that's led us to this card, I think it's interesting to note that WWE is really pushing that you can buy this on pay-per-view this year. And Mm -hmm. they they made a deal with Fox where you can buy it through the Fox Sports app. And it definitely seems like they're kind of, this is kind of a soft launch or they're gently trying to push their consumers to a point where they will once again feel comfortable paying $60 for the monthly pay-per-view shows rather than getting it for free or $10 as they have been for six years. Isn't this the kind of thing that you kind of just need to tear off that? Like, like having and hung be like, well, if you want, you can pay 60. Well, but if, if you're not buying it on traditional paper view, then your options are streaming. And if you don't have internet good enough to stream the net, the network, you probably also don't have internet good enough to stream the Fox sports app. So unless it's like an interface thing, that that's why you don't like the WWE network is because of the interface for it. So people that are still buying these shows on traditional pay-per-view, you would think are doing it because they don't have strong strong, you know, the ability to stream video. Right. So to me, if like, if you're moving it off the network and it's going to be just available everywhere, it's on fight TV, it's going to be on Fox network or, you know, the Fox sports app and all that stuff. Fine. But just, just rip that, go ahead and rip that bandaid off and take it off the network. Cause like trying to nudge people to other streaming <laughs> platforms while it's still on your streaming platform for for nine dollars is weird and dumb it doesn't make any sense to me so like no matter what there's going to be like some sort of backlash or pissed off or whatever and you'll probably have less people watching wrestlemania but you kind of just gotta go for it if you're gonna go for that right I think so. Yeah. There has not been a good time to uh to do this. This is an exceptionally bad time to try to get people <laughs> convince people to pay $60 instead of $10. Hey folks, you know that $1200 that you're going to get one time <laughs> that you should probably be putting towards like the rent that you still have to pay or the groceries you need to live. Why don't you why don't you spend 60 of that on a WWE pay-per-view on the Fox Sports app. <laughs> Twice in two nights. Well, you you get you get both for the price, but Oh, okay. Yeah. But your greater point <laughs> your greater socialist point still stands. <laughs> mm, as they usually do. <laughs> All right. Let's break down this WrestleMania that is too big for just one night. 
we don't really know what's taking place on what nights. So let's just talk about the matches as they come. There are 16 matches announced for this show. Jeez. Hopefully, you know, they're going to split it 8 and 8, I'm, I'm assuming. There's some real winners on this. And uh-huh. uh, let's just get into it. Otis and Dolph Ziggler with Mandy Rose in Dolph's corner. I mean, the clear thing here is Mandy screws Dolph and goes with Otis, right? I mean, if, he, if this was a company that did happy endings, I'd say yeah. But I kind of just expect she'll to <laughs> stay with Dolph. And, and or, punch, or Otis, punch Otis in the balls? Yes, much like they did with Eve and uh, Zack Ryder years ago. <laughs> or perhaps she'll like just turn up. Maybe they'll. Maybe, well, Paul, is Paul Heyman booking this part of the show? Because I mean, maybe because maybe it'll end with her going off with Sonya. <laughs> I mean, his fingerprints are all over everything on all of these shows. So that's my outlandish prediction. My not so outlandish prediction is that she's going to not go with either of them and is in fact going to go back to Sonya after at the end of this. Right, fair enough. I mean, they still they were going to do that angle at one point, and Sonya still wants to do that angle. So she pushed to do that angle, and, and then they made uh, a lesbian <laughs> relationship a punchline in a Lana segment instead. Yeah, and they gave Mandy's television relationship to Otis and Dolph Ziggler. Correct, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> Sorry, Sony Deville. Dolph Ziggler got your spot. <laughs> mm. What? 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 It's just the worst. Why is <sighs> whatever? Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I, don't, I don't have a Dolph rant in me. So let's just move on. Sure. The Kabuki Warriors are defending the women's tag team championships against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Crows. Alexa Bliss. Pinned Asuka clean as a sheet on television this week. Asuka is one of the highlights of these empty arena shows. They bring her out there to do commentary. Characters of really, she lost clean to Bliss on Raw. And it seems like a thing that they would do to take the titles off the Kabuki Warriors. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's the women's tag belts. So yeah, I don't know. Put them on. Put them on Alexa and Neki. What does it uh, matter? Asuka is a. You, you know what? I watch Asuka's YouTube channel sometimes, mm. and and mm. I have a thought when I watch it, which is that it's oh. generally very like vanilla and you know like yeah. vlogs of mm. her life. Mm. Um, and I just all I can think about when I watch it is, man, there are a lot of perverts watching this, aren't there? <laughs> Not so, you. Not you. No, not me, but just <laughs> other people that watch it. I just I feel like people who watch those types of videos, their uh, intentions aren't always pure, and so I feel strange uh, throwing my hat in with with that crowd in in any way. But uh, you know, I still the vlogs are entertaining. She's an entertaining character. To your point, just gonna let that rest for a moment and then move on to. The Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania. Sami Zayn is wrestling Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship because Drew Gulak 
pinned Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> in a singles match on SmackDown last week. Look, Raw, you know, three hours of Raw is pretty tough under these conditions, but, like, at least on Raw over the last month, there's been a lot of good promos. SmackDown, sure. SmackDown's just really, really, really tough to get through, and it's got Michael Cole and <laughs> yelling at you. And it's got stuff that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, Drew Gulak pinning Shinsuke Nakamura, A, and <laughs> leading to Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. Of course. Naturally. Uh, my thought was this is somebody, I saw someone on Twitter post a side-by-side of the graphic for this match with a graphic for El Generico versus Brian Danielson from PWG in 2007. And I thought, huh, who would have thought that the PWG match would outdraw the WrestleMania match? <laughs> right? <laughs> what a weird world. Everything, everything about this WrestleMania comes back to in some way. Wow, this is kind of weird. But yeah, uh, yeah no, it's uh, I, I don't remember if we did a show after the last WWE, regular WWE pay-per-view. But I liked the Brian and Gulak match. And... I guess it's fine that they're a tag team, and I think Gulak's a really talented wrestler. And in another world, he maybe could have been a, you know, a decent mid-card wrestler, but he's been a joke the whole time he's been in WWE, so it's impossible not to feel like this is like a career low point for Daniel Bryan to be teaming with this guy and to be... And Sami Zayn, who's our, who's also like he's a manager now, so yes. it's hard for this to not feel like this is this is like almost as low, or in some ways lower, than when he lost the world title to Sheamus in ten seconds or whatever. <laughs> but hey, at least they're not doing Daniel Bryan to Sheamus again for WrestleMania. Yeah, we although, we avoided it one more year. Although you know, still might have been the original plan. <laughs> you never know. Uh, Edge and Randy Orton. A lot of good promos in this feud. Promos in WWE work better almost without a crowd because uh, people can just read them off a prompter and to a camera. And Edge is one of the better promos around right now. Randy Orton seems motivated, and they've actually kind of built that into this feud that Randy Orton's only motivated when Edge is around and anyway a lot of this has been very good um, now they're going to have a wrestling match and I don't really know what to expect out of Edge and Randy Orton what do you think yeah I mean I, I, I agree with you that it's uh, the build has been good and that this is I think one of the few matches if not the only match on this card that I'm still interested in that. I'm still excited to watch despite the fact that I know it's going to be in a gymnasium with no fans. Um, so yeah, that's a testament to both of those guys. They've both done a great job. Uh, it's last man standing. So I would assume that means weapons and smoke and mirrors and probably, uh, brawling all over the performance center and, and weapon and weapons and all that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine they'll have a pretty entertaining brawl, but I, I wouldn't expect a, you know, Masawa Kawada five-star classic either. 
Elias is wrestling King Corbin. I don't know I, why this is on WrestleMania. I saw King Corbin murdered Elias last week on SmackDown. Are we sure the match is still happening? Uh, yeah. He escaped without any broken bones somehow. Oh, but, that's good. Yes, they definitely um, they definitely tried. <laughs> they tried. Although, you know what? Elias was kind of being a jerk. He was singing this song about... A really nasty buddy, and then Baron Corbin got mad and threw him off a perch. And I don't—I really don't feel like there are any good guys here. Yeah, I mean, once again, I'm just glad Baron Corbin isn't wrestling Daniel Bryan. Sure. Um, so hey, whatever. This is this is fine. We all need bathroom breaks during these shows, so yes, you know, good good for them. They would have both been in a battle royal if they were allowed to have battle royals this year. So, whatever. They're on the show. Yes. Alistair Black is wrestling Bob Lashley. I haven't seen Bobby Lashley in months. (laughs) (laughs) And on Raw every week, Alistair Black, like, kills a jobber with with his kick. We started over. Alistair Black (laughs) pinned AJ styles at the last pay-per-view yes and now we're back to when he debuted on television six months ago and he's just killing no names right he's just killing dudes with his kick and some for some reason he's wrestling bobby lashley i don't understand it sure i time i even saw bob on television uh where is he i don't know i I remember him wrestling Ricochet leading up to the Saudi show, I think. Because Ricochet, like, flattened him with the 630. Right. Um, Because that was, like, the one win they gave Ricochet on the way to (laughs) getting zero offense on Brock. Because he's short and you're stupid for liking him. Right. Um, But I, so that was, I don't know, what was that, late January, maybe? I don't know, man. Time's a flat circle. Again, it might have been nine years ago. It might have been last week. We don't know for <laughs> sure. But uh, either way, it feels like it's been a while since Bob's been on television for any for anything important. And certainly, he has not been uh, in any way feuding with, uh, with Mr. Black. Just think about that for a second. Like, you have all this time to fill. They have three hours every Monday night. They have so much time to fill, but they are taking significant portions of these shows and just showing old matches. <laughs> yes. And you, we can't get Bobby to send in a Skype promo. Like, <laughs> to try to make, make sense of this match with Aleister Black. I don't, I don't get it. I, I really yeah. don't get it. Speaking of things that make zero sense, the Street Profits are defending the Raw Tag Team titles against Austin Theory and Angel Garza. Who are being managed by Zelina Vega? So Andrade got hurt, right? He's not—he's not sick, right? He hurt his rib. Okay, and so the next <laughs> he only has one—he <laughs> only has one rib, one rib, and it's hurt. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, and so the natural replacement for him in this little stable with him and Angel Garza and Zelina was 
Austin Theory, who I saw get beaten by Tyler Breeze on NXT last week. I literally think he got put in because he could... His temperature was not over 100.4 degrees. And he was there. <laughs> he was there the day they were filming the WrestleMania, so he got the match. I mean, good good for him. Um, I've, I've heard he's a talented fellow, so I hope he gets a chance to show that. Did you he's... see him not catch Montez <laughs> Ford this week? Yeah, and, like, I heard it explained as, like, Montez was supposed to get tripped by Rollins, but Rollins was late or something, so Ford just decided to jump. Which, first of all, that doesn't make any sense to me because the show was taped a week ago. So if somebody's late on a spot, just stand there and wait for them to get in position and then redo the spot. It's like a, That's like the best part of a tape show with no fans. You literally never have to do anything that's not perfect or not the way you want to do it. But either way, uh, Montez Ford, like, looked at the camera, yelled something, and then ran and dove and splatted as hard. Like, and I th- I'm assuming he's all right, because uh, he's wrestling, or, already, or wrestled again at, at WrestleMania. So uh, it was funny. It was very funny, assuming he's all right. <laughs> um, all right, so... I'm just going to read here from Wikipedia. I'm going to read to you the match that has been announced for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Miz and John Morrison versus the New Day versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship in a triple threat ladder, ladder match. We know that is not happening because the Miz is sick. <sighs> we don't know what actual match is happening and whether the SmackDown tag titles are up for grabs or not. But can they just get another NXT guy to fill in for Miz? Was really? like Eric Eric Bugenhagen not available? I don't know, man. I don't know. And then it was reported for like a week that it was going to be Morrison against one of the Usos. <laughs> Plus that never made any sense because it's like, well, the New Day aren't sick, so why would there not be a New Day representative in the match? And right. I don't know. I guess we'll have this out, but none of this makes any sense. Sure doesn't. <laughs> All right. We're halfway through previewing WrestleMania. <laughs> the only WrestleMania too big for just one night. Mm. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins are going to wrestle at WrestleMania. Been some good promos in this feud as well. And uh, Owen said in his promo on Raw, where he said a naughty swear word, that he will be wrestling Rollins on Saturday. So, I guess there's that. All right. Well, uh, no, I like I have liked the promos for the most part. Um, some things working against this feud. One, Seth Rollins is in it. Um, two. It's been going since the night after Survivor Series. Yes, which long time. was fifteen years ago, uh, if if you'll remember. Yeah. Um, and for a long time, there wasn't a point 
it was just Seth became Raven and had Raven's flock with him mm. suddenly and 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 Owens was just they were just wrestling each other every week and then like three weeks ago they figured out what the feud was about and had Owens cut a promo about how Rollins always told him he'd never make it and how Rollins can't admit to himself that he was wrong and that Owens proved everybody wrong by getting there and succeeding at such a high level and when Owens cut that promo, I thought, man, that's that's really compelling because that's like that's a little bit of real life, but it doesn't cross over into that. I'm using your real name. This is fake, but this is real territory. But it's like a real a real thing that like from that probably goes back to their their time together in Ring of Honor. And obviously Rollins was signed long before Owens was. And despite Owens being in wrestling for longer than Rollins. So there's like, there's a lot of like history to that, that they could play on. And they kind of finally started to in the last like three weeks of this. So, I mean, better late than never, but it's, it's hard to feel excited about this because again, it's been going since November. It's been going since November and it's the first match. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What? I've been watching Owens stun Buddy Murphy for like six months now, <laughs> but they're finally having a, a singles match. Well, well, Rollins' stable is just sort of passed away around him. Like, yeah, either Akim or Rizar, who like I know they don't. If you stand them side by side, they really don't look that much alike. Yet I still, after like five years, can't tell them apart. Well, they Either... have the same haircut and the same <laughs> facial hair. A- 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 I mean, I'm not sure if that makes me racist or not. I'm not intending to be, but I can't tell Akim A- and Razar apart. I think Razar tore his bicep. He's out. Mm-hmm. Buddy Murphy's sick. He- he's out. Like, Rollins doesn't have a stable anymore, which, frankly, is probably the best thing that could possibly happen to uh, us collectively as viewers. That's I agree. Well, you know what's funny? I've never had trouble telling the Usos apart. Okay. But well, like I, I th- no, because I would agree with you that like, and part of that maybe is like, first of all, Jay's like always been a little smaller, so that's helpful. But like facially, they generally look different, and a lot of times right. they have different facial hair. So like, there are ways to tell, even though they are twins who have the same tattoos. <laughs> Like, I can tell the Usos apart fairly easily. Okay. Whereas, it is not <laughs> easy for me to tell non-related people apart on <laughs> Raw. Because they've only ever been presented as sort of this side. Which move. It's like... Always confused that for the one guy by his first name. Yep. Just no continuity there. All right. Um, longtime listener of the show will know that I refuse to acknowledge the chairs match as a sanctioned WWE match, and I'm taking a similar stance this year. 
in this Undertaker versus AJ Styles boneyard match. Um, that's not a thing. Uh, boneyard matches are not a thing. Um, lots of shoot promos and weird stuff in this feud. And so I just refuse to acknowledge it to begin with. Uh, uh, I will not be uh, participating in the Undertaker versus AJ Styles Boneyard match. What are your thoughts on this feud? I know you generally hate shoot promos. Does that extend to this? Will you be sanctioning the Boneyard match? (laughs) You know what? I will sanction it just for the interest of uh, a little bit of dichotomy between the two of us. But so here's the thing. First, First of all, yes, still hate shoot promos. Don't think this feud needed that. But, you know, beyond just me liking or disliking it, I am fascinated by the fact that for, like, 30 years, The Undertaker was so freaking protective of his aura and his character. And to, to the point where, like, when Paul Bearer died and they did, did like, tribute shows for him... And like the inducted him into the Hall of Fame, Undertaker didn't break character and like come out and give a speech about Paul Bearer. He still just was the Undertaker in his gear. Like he did his little pose for him or whatever, but it wasn't, you know, he didn't break character to come out and talk about like what a great guy Paul Bearer was. Right. right. For instance. And again, right. I'm not saying he should have because right. I'm sure, you know, the show must go on, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, again, this is not a criticism. I want to make that clear. It's just fascinating to me. And now here we are in the twilight of his career after protecting himself for so many years. And he's doing a promo in app uh, talking about his, how his wife got AJ Styles move over more yes. than AJ did and is calling AJ by his shoot name and is allowing AJ to call him by his shoot name. And yes. it's just... It's bizarre to me, beyond just my general <laughs> dislike of shoot promos and such. I just find it like fascinating and weird that he is now that like after so many years of protecting all of that stuff, that's just all out the window here in the twilight of his career. And it's not like I don't, I don't know, like he didn't get this to. <laughs> He, he didn't save this for for Shawn Michaels or Triple H WrestleMania match. You know what I mean? You know right. What I mean? Like or Brock. Right. When he the still had the streak in the world. Right. When he had when he still had the streak. <laughs> nope. But here we are. Alan Jones gets it. Yeah. It's it's just bizarre, man. Like I also the line the only line that like really pissed me off was when he <laughs> talked about AJ uh not being a big enough star to come work in WWE when The Rock and Shawn Michaels and Booker T and all of them were around and yeah. he had to wait till all the real stars left before he would come in. <laughs> I was like, first of all, it's an indictment on the company that they didn't see AJ Styles as a star until 2016, not on him. Right. But second of all, why would you ever say that? <laughs> why would you ever on TV? Other than that's just like what they've done for the last 20 years, which is just tell you repeatedly how the previous eras were much better and all the stars were much bigger and all of the wrestlers were much better back then. And the guys now don't, uh, yeah. can't cut the mustard. And it was just like, that is so counterproductive. So if AJ wins, he beats an old broken down man. Right. He doesn't beat the legend, the undertaker. 
And if Undertaker wins, he beats some loser indie star who only got to WWE once everybody else left. Yep, that's the long and short of it. Can I, I just would like to also bring up here that whatever you think of the Ruthless Aggression documentary series of the WWE Network, I don't particularly... I'm not going to go to the mat one way or the other yeah. for, for that, but... Like, at least they're talking about an era in the company's history that is not 1997 to 2001. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe sure. we can finally move on from stuff. Like, it, and it really, it's, it hits you, too, when they're showing all these old matches and they're showing all these video packages for WrestleMania. And all of the footage is in standard def. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Like, can we please move on from 2001? Like, please. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, it, it is funny because, and we're kind of seeing the fruits of telling everybody since the year 2002 that the Attitude Era was the greatest era, <laughs> yeah. is that when you bring Edge back, the ratings don't really go up. Right. Um, and obviously that nothing is making the ratings go up right now, and part of that's just because I don't think as we've talked as we've been talking about on this wrestling podcast wrestling doesn't seem very important right now yes. but um but like there's there's also some truth to the fact that like you spent a long time saying that none of the guys in the Cena Edge Batista era could hold a candle to Austin and Rock and now even those guys are gone and now you're bringing them back and i'm sure it helps some and it generates some excitement with your fans that are still around but it ain't bringing people back. Right. Yep, good point. Good point. All right, there's a fatal five-way for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey is defending against Lacey Evans, Naomi, yeah. Sasha Banks, and Tamina. Um, the, apparently, the original plan here was to do Bailey and Sasha, but then they ran out of time. <laughs> And so they ran out of time and didn't have time to build this program that they've been half-assed building for four years. So they'll probably do something like put the title on Lacey Evans here. <laughs> like, sure, why not? Who cares? I just, I just, they have, been, I have been that the plan is to do <laughs> Bailey versus Sasha yes. since like SummerSlam 2017. <laughs> yes, and. Here we are at WrestleMania 2020, and that's still, you know, on the docket to get to down the line. Right, right. Never, like, oh, man. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, these are the wrestlers you care about. You can talk about this. You don't have to censor yourself. (laughs) No, it's just, it's, it's disheartening to me because I know just Vince McMahon is not going to understand or have the patience to shoot a successful Bailey Sasha Banks Ram whatever on the main roster. There's no time to have good matches. And we know this because we've seen them have matches on WWE TV and they had one that was like, I don't know, maybe three and a half stars or something for the show that I drove to Washington DC to see. Okay. <laughs> but aside from that they haven't had very good matches on the main roster. Vince doesn't understand 
women in their twenties. <laughs> like none of this makes sense. Mm. They're not. They're not going to do this well. No, and like I, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be in that slot that like Dean Ambrose and Dolph Ziggler were at at that one SummerSlam, where like if one of them's the champion and the other one's the challenger, and Vince sees both of them as basically the same type of talent, and they're wrestling each other. It's just, it's not going to get that type of, it's not going to get a lot of television time. It's not going to get a lot of, uh, you know, it's not going to get the the big creative juices flowing for anybody in that company. They're going to, right. yeah, we can slot this. We'll give it eight <laughs> minutes right. and it'll go on between, like between two of the actual big matches on the show. Right. Like it's, it's that like... type of program for them. Right. It's like, I've seen the 23 minute all time classics that these two had. I don't necessarily. Really want to see the eight minute WWE main roster version of it, so it doesn't upset me that they quote ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, been, that's fine. They, they've been playing old matches <laughs> on TV every week, but they but they ran out of time. <laughs> well, you know, it, well, I'm just happy that that Tamina found her way onto the show somehow. <sighs> you know, here's a good time to talk about we got a project we got coming up we're talking we're doing a macho man wwe pay-per-view match rewatch and we're gonna do it in a tournament format where we pit these matches against each other uh we see the one through eight blah 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 blah. anyway so i've been watching (laughs) we've both been watching uh old randy savage matches and in doing research whether we should include Saturday night's main event matches or whether we needed to, or how many WWE pay-per-view matches Randy Savage had, whatever. Right. It, I found out that Randy Savage versus George, the animal steel is a match that not only did it happen at WrestleMania two, not only was George Steele in Ricky steamboat's corner at WrestleMania three, but they did that match on NBC at least three times. <laughs> like, and I was trying to figure out why, why, why the hell of all matches, like Randy Savage was youngish and good, and George Steele was oldish and really, really bad. Like, why was this happening? Why did this happen so much? And then it's like, and then it, it clicked. It's like, well, George Steele did a program with Bruno back in the day. So George Steele was one of Vince's dad's guys. And so George Steele, not only did he still have a spot as a wrestler well into the 80s, but he then he got a job as a road agent. And aside from a, from, uh, a budget cutting uh, period in like 1990, George Steele was an agent for WWE through like 1999 <laughs> it's like george Steele. anyway jimmy snuka was one of vince's guys and so Boy, tamina and so tamina has found her way by 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 being related to one of vince's guys tamina has got herself a wrestlemania match there you go it's a I mean, long, long winding road it took for me to, be, <laughs> to get there, but there you go. I think it was worth it. Did they replace Dana Brooke in this match since she's sick now? No, no, they didn't. 
So it's just a four-way now, or no? It's a five. It's a five-way. It's Bailey, Lacey, Naomi, Sasha, and Tamina. Oh, okay. It was originally six. Oh, okay. So the six-pack challenge now. It's a. They don't yes. have a name for a five-person match, do they? Well, they're calling it a fatal five-way. That's lazy. You gotta come up with your own alliteration for a five-person match. Fatal is already taken. Yeah. All right. Well, however you slice it. Uh, actually, nope. There's one more match to go through before we get into the top four matches on this show. John Cena and Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match. I think I will sanction this match. <laughs> <laughs> and I will not. Just uh, for the it's just All right. <laughs> well. John and Bray are going to have a match. Awesome. Yeah, I imagine this... Remember when they did the Randy Orton and Bray Firefly match or whatever? Who could forget? And it was just them punching each other in like a dimly lit house Yes, for a while, and then they came back to the arena and had a wrestling (laughs) match for a while. Yes. Um, I imagine that's what this will be. Like they're gonna the their idea is probably I'm sure Bray's idea is like they're gonna do like his version of like the Matt Hardy final deletion stuff, but it's gonna just be <laughs> it's just gonna be them punching each other in a house or something. Yes, yes, and who? I guess because for a wrestling podcast we should talk about the match. Is John gonna put Bray over? I mean. I don't. Is there going to be a referee counting pins in the Firefly Funhouse match? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Huskus the Pig will. <laughs> yeah, that, actually, that would be great. I I, I applaud that. <laughs> I applaud that idea. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't know if if John's if John's going away again. He should probably get laid out or whatever at the end. I well, guess I guess we'll have to find out how you win. before we know yes. if, uh, if John, how John would have to put him over. But sure, I'll say yes, he will. This will also afford us the opportunity to see John do some acting. Oh, yeah. Because you know, yeah. like, as soon as he walks into the Firefly Funhouse, he's going to look around and be scared, you know? Mm-hmm. That serious look. Yep, yep. John will do some serious acting here. <laughs> Rhea Ripley will be facing Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. It's funny because like this whole match was built around like they did this video package with Rhea Ripley going to the Buccaneer Stadium and like this whole idea of like. Hey, it's the 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 young upstart is coming to the grand stage against the veteran, <laughs> and she's gonna prove everybody. And now they're wrestling in an empty gymnasium. So, yes. uh, yeah, it's hard, hard hard to feel excited about this. Um, good good luck to both of them, but <laughs> I don't I don't have high hopes for this. If I'm being honest, yeah, I I don't know about either like. I don't know about Charlotte as being the person to carry a match ever. And I also don't think Rhea is capable of carrying a match. So I think I 
it's probably a good bet that this, this is going to get the Paul Heyman match template, like the only match that Paul Heyman has laid out in the last <laughs> in the last five years, where Rhea just hits Riptide a bunch of times, and Charlotte just keeps hitting moonsaults and her Spanish fly and uh, natural selection over and over. That's sure. Like, that's got to be it, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think this would be good in front of a crowd. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to be in an empty building. Um, let's see. That's for the NXT Women's Championship. I think Charlotte wins, right? I, I honestly don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe if this happened at WrestleMania, at a real WrestleMania, then yeah, Charlotte would win, and they would move her to Wednesdays for a while. But, um. Yeah, I don't know. I I honestly don't know, <laughs> and but yeah, I I I could see it. I mean, there doesn't really feel like there's a reason not to do that right now. So why not? Sure. None of this matters. Uh, buh, buh, buh. Becky will be defending the Raw Women's Title against Shayna Baszler. They've done some good stuff in this feud. They've done some bad stuff in this feud. Uh, we talked about some of the bad stuff last time. I don't know. I feel like they still don't have a good read on how they want to play this. They don't want. They don't know if they want to portray Becky as being overly cocky. They don't know if they want to portray her as taking Sheena as a serious threat. They kind of go back and forth on that. And I feel like the feud has suffered because of it. Do you have any thoughts on this feud and this match and who will win? Yeah, I think I think the way you laid it out is is kind of my thoughts. It's felt very schizophrenic. It's felt very uh, like some right like sometimes Becky is is playing Conor McGregor and she doesn't give a crap who she's wrestling and she's not scared and she's full of herself and you're thinking like that leads to her getting knocked down a peg and then having to get having to rebuild and come back for her throne but then the next week it's she gets laid out or whatever and she's cutting this really serious promo about how she's gonna you know how she's gonna tear Shayna apart and and of course we're getting you know Ronda Rousey name drops and stuff in there so there's always that wild card thrown in so yeah I don't know I don't I don't have a strong read on this one either but I mean she's been champion for a year there are no clear challengers waiting for her if she beats Shayna, so <laughs> if it were me, I would go with the option where you play it as Shayna beats her, and then you have Becky sort of have to, you know, go th- go through a few trials to get get back to her, and ultimately, you know, conquer conquer that demon at SummerSlam or whatever. That's what I would do, but uh, I also would not be surprised in the least if Becky just won. My take, I think Becky's just going to (laughs) win. Like, in under ordinary circumstances, maybe, like, I would be concerned about whether that would be the best thing for the future or what have you, or for poor Shayna and her career. But I don't think it particularly matters when you're doing shows in front of no fans and you're getting no feedback. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. All right, uh, two matches left to talk about. Goldberg versus Braun Strowman for the Universal title. Although this is still being 
advertised as as Goldberg versus Roman Reigns, and they we've known for <laughs> over a week that Roman Reigns is not in this match, and they have had opportunities to stop advertising it and to shoot their angles, and they haven't. So that's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's especially weird because, like, people in the company are addressing it. We're just not addressing it on TV. Like, Roman himself has addressed it and confirmed it, that he will not be at WrestleMania and that it was a decision that he made for his own personal health. Um, And beyond the the thoughts of, like, well, why did he have to make that decision for himself? Um, Which is an interesting question to ask, maybe, but... Yeah, it's like it's very strange that they're just pretending. And it's not just like we're not talking about it and we're going to shoot an angle or whatever. Like they're doing like interview segments, still promoting it. And on Raw on Monday, they were still like advertising the match by like this weekend on WrestleMania, too big for one night, you're going to get Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, um, which we all know we're not getting. So that's kind of weird. And again, it doesn't doesn't feel like necessarily like something to get really mad about because there are no fans in attendance. Nobody nobody is buying their ticket or bought would have bought a ticket to to see that match. And hopefully, the people that buy it are, are paying nine ninety nine or or nothing to watch it. So it's hard to get like. Oh, how dare they? They're false advertising. It's just, it's just, again, it's just weird (laughs) to be like they public people, including the man himself, have publicly acknowledged it, and yet they're just kind of pretending like it hasn't happened. Yep, super bizarre (laughs) for the most bizarre WrestleMania. And then I assume this is going on last on Sunday. And that's Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. Paul did his big hard sell promo at the end of Raw this week. I thought his Paul promos go. It was pretty good. Also, if you were to tell me that you're tired of Paul promos where he swears or breaks the fourth wall or drops <laughs> drops some half shoot lingo, I would be I would understand that. Hasn't reached that point for me. I still enjoy Paul promos, but um, do you have a take on that? I laughed that he mentioned Shane Carwin. That was that's <laughs> uh, that's like the forgotten Brock Lesnar pay per view opponent. So I thought that was funny to to hear that name dropped along with Randy Couture and The Rock and Hulk Hogan. Um, <laughs> yeah, you would think maybe Frank Mir would would or you know I'm trying to think who else Brock beat in UFC. <laughs> Did he beat anybody besides Randy and Frank Mir? He beat Shane Carter. Um, Shane, I guess that's it, right? Uh, well, and then years later, he beat Mark Hunt. But Oh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> did he, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, for that matter, did he beat Shane Carlin? Like, well, I don't know if you remember that fight, but most referees would have stopped yes. the fight in the first round. Shane Carlin was destroying Brock Lesnar in the first round. And then Shane He beat Carlin... him so long he got tired. <laughs> right. He gassed himself out. And then Brock won like in the first minute of a second round with a head and arm choke. <laughs> yes, I do actually remember uh, watching that fight. But <laughs> yeah, that uh, uh, other than the Shane Carwin mention, 
in Paul's promo. Yeah, Paul certainly has a type of promo. It's as it's as you've laid out. It's a couple of funny kind of sh- shoot style barbs, a couple pop culture references, some references to UFC or to boxing or something, and any kind of real sports. And then you know he he gives. The whole, you know, the the conqueror, you're going to be victimized, all that stuff. Builds up the challenger and then says they're great, but they're going to lose just like all of these other great wrestlers have lost. So there's nothing wrong with it. But if you feel that it's a little stale, I wouldn't argue with you either. But um, <laughs> saying all that to say, I hope Brock Lesnar wins clean on Sunday and we find <laughs> someone else. <laughs> Because I'm really not jazzed about Drew McIntyre, top guy. <laughs> and also because if he wins the world title, then that ruins my Matt Morgan analogy, which is like the best analogy I've ever made on this show. So yeah. I'm I'm selfishly, above all other reasons, rooting for Brock to just win clean here. Yeah. I mean, it would definitely be the funniest outcome, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's always funny when Brock just wins. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so that's WrestleMania, everybody. WrestleMania 36 coming up this weekend. Remember, it's the only WrestleMania too big for just one night. And you can either pay $10 for it, $60 for it, or get it for free. It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. I, Wednesday Night Wars, we taped this late on Wednesdays after AEW and NXT. NXT's doing their takeover matches over the next few weeks. They're doing Gargano and Champa next week. Um, AEW, they can't, they postponed Blood and Guts. I guess the most noteworthy thing of the last few weeks, they brought in Matt Hardy, and he's doing his full broken Matt Hardy gimmick from like 2015. He's doing it here <laughs> on national television on TNT in like either the top or the second from the top uh, program on the show. And I feel like there's two camps. You either love it or you hate it. Maybe there's three because, like, I think it's okay. I think Matt. <laughs> I think Matt needs a new gimmick. Like, I think it's stale. I've seen all of this before. I don't think it's particularly clever anymore. <laughs> but also, I don't think it's like ruining the business or anything. Anyway, a lot. Of, I don't feel like there's a whole lot to go into with the Wednesday Night Wars war beyond the Matt Hardy stuff right now just because these are empty arena shows and all the good stuff is being postponed <laughs> so yeah. what do you think you got to take on Matt Hardy one way or the other I think that Matt Hardy in the little vignettes that are edited where there's music and wacky camera angles and close-ups and goofy stuff still can work and still is funny and I thought the Jericho segment in where Jericho is accosted at in his pool and then uh Vanguard run one steals a t shirt from him and flies away and Jericho shouts release the hounds and then just a bunch of like house pets <laughs> come like yeah. trotting out onto his lawn it was really funny. Um, maybe it, like, it does cross over almost into that, like the level of John Cena on that one Christmas Eve raw <laughs> where he was fighting for Santa's honor against Alberto <laughs> Del Rio. Sure. Um, like it crosses all like Jericho is like, this is the, which 
it's really saying something. This might be like the hammiest Chris Jericho has ever been. <laughs> um, but I still thought like Chris Jericho is still wildly entertaining and he's going to do his best to make all of this work. Like I said, I think uh, Matt is best suited not to do dueling promos standing in a wrestling ring. And I think if they hold him back to more just doing uh, vignettes and funny videos and things like that, and he wrestles a few times a year, kind of like, kind of like Bray Wyatt, um, <laughs> then that would be for the best. And you can still get some mileage out of this. And you can, obviously, it's still popular. It's going to sell t-shirts and all that. And can do some creative stuff with it. But yeah, I, I, I would not... <laughs> love it i was a fan of the the segment with him and jericho uh last week where they stood in the ring and talked to each other but i very much enjoyed this week's segment where jericho yelled at a drone so <laughs> um yeah, yeah more more wacky vignettes because i think there's a place for that you can break up the sort of the general rhythm or flow of a wrestling show with with some comedy with some lighter stuff um, and less uh, regular in-ring promos uh, for Matt Hardy. That's that's my suggestion. All right. Well, we've been talking about professional wrestling here for almost an hour. My voice is going. <laughs> is there anything else that you would like to discuss? No, I think uh, I think we can wrap it up here. All right. Hope everybody out there is doing well. And until next time, I'm Ethan. I'm Liam. And we'll be back next week with more stories from the rest of the life. Money is not real. We made it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. How's uh, how's working? Well, every other bank in the country has reduced hours or is paying people to stay home, but not my bank. Mm. So currently we have our regular staff, which is me, the head teller, and two, uh, the, uh, the manager and the assistant manager. We also mm -hmm. have a third full-time teller that they sent us from another branch because that they don't have a drive through hmm. and also we're training a new teller so <laughs> we have somewhere between four and six people every single day sitting around and uh, i think we had eight customers today so all right well what's the average age of these customers i'm guessing it's old it varies but yeah it definitely skews in the you know probably about the same as the median age for WWE's audience. <laughs> Outstanding. I mean, it's, I mean, that's like a weird, dirty secret that I feel like it's bad for me as a bank teller to point out, but like good 99.9% .9 of things that you want to do at a bank, you can do and not have to talk to another person. 
Um, that's, I don't know if people are just taking advantage of that or if a lot of our clientele has been laid off and they just don't have money to deposit or what. But um, at, at this point, it's like I don't see an argument for not just sending people home because paying them to stay home and paying them to sit around and do nothing, kind of the same thing. Sure. But, yes. uh, hey, you know, we had a conference call with our CEO where they didn't take any questions today. And, <laughs> uh, you know, he told us he's with us. So, <laughs> you know, really made really made us feel good. <laughs> Important. Not going to pay us any extra money or... Uh, you know, reduce hours or or staff or alternate staffing or anything. But yeah, he's uh, you know, he's with us. Well, there you go. I don't even know what that. All right. I mean, I guess that's the point, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, I mean, it means it's a generic platitude from a person who is working from home, telling the people that aren't aren't able to work from home. Good job, but also we don't <laughs> plan on rewarding you in any sort of tangible way for this. Excellent, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the good news here, the silver lining here is, you know, with like 15% unemployment, an outlandish prediction, uh, you're employed. So that's Yeah, nice. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. It's almost starting to seem like tying your health care and your housing and all of that into having a job. Um, maybe that's not like a great way to like run a society. Weird, huh? I'm not going to engage. <laughs> if only there was a political candidate that was perhaps running on a platform. Of, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to actually improve people's lives. I'm not going to engage. <laughs> okay. Instead, let's talk about professional wrestling. Sure. Alright. I have no idea what episode this is because I'm terrible at this. I've been doing this, doing this for six years and I'm still terrible at it. Yeah, well. I try to keep on keeping on. 